0: We're in a study called Supernatural, and we started it last week. We're going to continue on this for a while. John 4 and 24 says this. It says, God is spirit. All right, so God is a spirit. God is spirit. God is not a spirit. God is spirit. We talked last week about how God breaks into the natural with from the spiritual, and it's his super on our natural. It's not weird. It's not kooky. It's just God... His spiritual on the natural, or his super on the natural, making any situation he gets involved with supernatural. Now, we think in terms of Moses coming in and waving his, his rod over the water, and the, the water's splitting. All right? We think in those terms. But the Bible said, and we looked at this last week, that, that Elijah was a man, now he was a prophet, but it says a man who prayed, and the earth didn't rain for three years. And so indicating that we as people, as mankind, can receive the same kind of results. Now, with that said, I need to go back. We need to go back to Genesis just for a few minutes. Because in the supernatural, we always think of heaven coming and changing earth. Think of something supernatural just a minute: Jesus healing. It's heaven touching earth. But did you know that supernaturally what you do here affects heaven? Now, some people don't know that. I'm going to show you that beyond a shadow of a doubt tonight. But what you do here supernaturally affects heaven. Now, check this out. Watch this with me. Genesis 3 and 8. This is back when Adam and Eve were in the garden, and God God sees them in the garden. And here's what happens. In Genesis 3 and 8, they had just eaten of the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil, and they were hiding. They were hiding from God. We all know that story. You've all heard that before. And so God comes down, and watch what he does, Genesis 3 and 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, if I walk through your house in the middle of the night, you're not going to know it's me. You're not going to know my step, my cadence, how I walk, all right? But I have, I have you know, three people in my, in my home right now. I've got my wife and my two boys. And I can tell you at night when I'm sleeping I, when they walk through the, through the hallway, I can tell from the way they step and their cadence who they are. How many understand that? Now, the reason I can is because I'm familiar with them. So here's Adam and Eve, and they're familiar with God walking through the garden, and it was normal for God to come down at that point and come spend time with them. There was no separation at that time between the spirit realm and the natural realm. And therefore, everything was supernatural. How many you following me? But they ate of this fruit and they're hiding and they hear God's cadence walking through the garden. They hear God coming through and they hear, him say, hear his, his presence and know it's Him. Now, that was normal for them. And, but, and what I want you to catch is that God coming down and spending time with them daily was normal. Say normal. normal. Now, it was normal for them that God would come spend time with them. Supernatural was not supernatural. Supernatural was just how things were. We look at supernatural because we think supernatural is extra above, but God wants things like they were. So what was the result of this? In Genesis 3 and 24, look at the screen. You'll see, so, he drew, so God drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of, of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And so what God does is he, he drives man out of the garden and there is a separation between man and God created. God is now no longer able to come and walk with man. That's where he walked with him and was in the garden. And take a look at the screen. Heaven responded to what was done here on earth. Now, it's in the reverse of how we want it to be, but something happened here on earth and heaven had to respond and there was a, there was a separation created. How many are following me? You got that? So there was this separation and most people live their entire life fully aware that there's a separation between them and god not quite connecting up with god wanting to but not quite making that connection kind of there's a separation there's a distance there's a, there's an unknown and they kind of this this separation is kind of normal for them but that's not the way god designed it god designed it so that after the day's work was done because he created eden and put mankind in it and then he said now go and and, and do what i did you know you have authority over the whole earth. He wanted mankind to go and spread it out. He wanted them to multiply. He wanted them to refill the earth and to spread it out. And what ended up happening was as they fell, and now there was a separation between them. And we get what we have today. But here's the thing. And most people don't see this in Scripture. Ephesians 2 and 14, which is in the New Testament, says something. It says, for he himself, that's Jesus, is our peace who has made both one, meaning God's realm and our realm, both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Remember that separation I told you between heaven and earth? It doesn't exist anymore. It's not supposed to be that way in your life. Jesus broke that wall down. Now, people are so aware as, before they're saved that there's a separation between them and God that even after they're saved, they don't ever, most of them don't ever get past that. But the supernatural is not creepy and weird and strange. The supernatural to God is very normal. It's his super on our natural. It's him walking th- with us through life. It's him coming and speaking to us and us actually hearing his voice. And Jesus said this. Jesus said, my voice they will hear and another they will not follow. Now, if we could just get that right, just think what would happen if we actually heard his voice and that's all we ever responded to. And yet this separation between us keeps us from acting right. And still, even in all of that, we as people are supposed to have this connection with him that is more real than our separation from him. Your connection to Him, your supernatural connection, is supposed to be more real than the fact that He's super you your natural. It's supposed to be that way. And it can be for you. Now, the supernatural is not weird. I live in the supernatural all the time. And realistically, so do you. Some of us just aren't aware of it. God is always talking to me. Always. God is constantly helping me along, correcting me, teaching me, guiding me, helping me to follow through in his steps, and he wants to do the same for you. That middle wall, that separation wall is gone. You don't have to live with a separation between you, the natural, and God, the spiritual. There is a spiritual natural connection, a supernatural connection that should be there all the time. Did you know a heaven's mood is changed by you guys? By what you're doing tonight, tomorrow, the next day, last week. Luke 15 and 10 says this. It says, likewise, likewise, I say to you, this is Jesus talking. There is joy, say joy, joy. in the presence of the angels of God. Where's that at? That's in heaven. There's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents over one sinner who res- who repents now take a look at the screen i'll explain this heaven's supernatural or heaven's super responds with joy over natural repentance you are not going to get to heaven and get there and go hey god by the way i'm really sorry for those sins i committed because by that time it's too late come on somebody you repent here on earth you say, God, I'm done with the past. I'm done with the way I lived. I want to move forward with you. I really want to have a difference in my life. I want you, I'm done with that past. And repentance means to turn 180 degrees and be done and walk the other direction. And when that happens, heaven rejoices. Now, that doesn't happen in heaven and then heaven rejoices. What, uh, what is happening here on earth, the angels are rejoicing in heaven. You know, you thought there was so much joy in heaven that there couldn't be any more, didn't you? You thought heaven was so great that, ne- that there could be no more rejoicing than what there already is. And yet, the Bible says when a sinner repents, heaven rejoices even more. Amen. So, you were wrong. I was wrong. I used to think that it was just like, it was like harps and guys hanging out on on, on clouds and playing, you know, playing instruments. And it was just like, uh, you know, going all That's not what it is. Up there in heaven, they are watching and waiting to respond to what happens here. And you say, well, we're that important? Yeah. God handmade you. Yeah. God hand made you he spoke birds into existence he spoke light into existence you think you know light's pretty important you know but he he hand created you he hand made us and so is heaven interested in what's going on here absolutely it's he is so interested that before any of this happened, the Lamb came and said, I will be slain before the foundation of the the world because I know what's going to happen to these people. And I don't want them to suffer. I'll suffer for them. Heaven super responds with joy over our natural. Check this next one out. Watch this. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. You affect heaven. Your lives and what's happening here affects heaven. Look at Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Now, it doesn't say blessed are you when they revile and pick on you because you're a big jerk. Come on, somebody. It doesn't say that. If you're a big jerk, you probably deserve somebody to pick on you. Come on now. huh? It says blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. When you are out being the best Christian you can and somebody goes, I hate that guy. You just got blessed. You just got blessed. When they, vi- when they do vile things and they persecute you, when they pass you over, I know so many people have been passed over for jobs because they're Christians. When they persecute you and they say all kinds of evil against you and they make things up, that's when you're blessed. Now look what he says. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward on earth. Where? 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 rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you and here's what he's saying there's a reward in heaven that's coming there's a reward that in heaven that's being calculated right now and what you do here recalculates your reward in heaven now if that's not enough for you i want to show you another scripture take a look at the screen heaven responds with rewards when we are persecuted Heaven is changed. Your account in heaven is changed. Your reward account in heaven is changed. Somebody's going to have more reward because they were persecuted more. The Bible says that there is a special resurrection for those who are martyred. Did you know that? That That those who give their life for the cause of the gospel, those folks will have even more reward. But check this out. Look at this. Revelation 22 and 12. This is Jesus talking. He says, look... I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what they have done. Not in heaven, here on earth. What you do here affects the reward you receive when he comes back. When he comes back, he will have his reward, your reward with him, and when he comes, you will receive according to what, ha- what you do here, not there. You are affecting your reward in heaven by what you do now. You are creating supernatural results when you just get up in the morning and do your thing as a Christian. So many of us think it's more complicated than that, and it's not. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3-8, and 8, and this, is, this continues this thought. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to what? His own labor. His own labor. labor. I, I put out a little garden this year, but I had my boys plant the tomatoes. They dug holes and tilled the soil and planted the tomatoes. One of my boys planted, one of my boys watered. So one planted and one watered. We are thirty days into the season and my plants are this tall. Which one of those boys receives from that at this point? Does the waterer receive? No, he can't, can he? Because there's no tomatoes yet. What about the planter? Does he receive? No. When those boys get together, do they get to say, hey, listen, you know, there's gonna be eleven tomatoes come off of this each of these plants, and I get seventy percent of the tomatoes because I I planted you only get 30% of the tomatoes because you watered. No. It is calculated in heaven for what you do on the earth. One person waters, one person plants. And here's what he's saying. When you go about your life, you're going to run into people that are not Christians. And when you run into these people that are not Christians, what you do is either going to be planting a seed of God's gospel in their heart Or you're going to be watering the seed of God's gospel that's been planted in their heart by somebody else. How many following me? But whichever one you are, it's not that the reward goes to all who plant and the waterers don't get any. It's not that the, 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 the reward goes to all the waterers and the planters don't get any. It is calculated by who does what equally. So it's not that God loves the the planters or God loves the waterers. God loves those who are laboring. Say labor with me. Now we're supposed to labor in the gospel. The Bible says, put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Now here's the fact. Let's read it one more time. First Corinthians three and eight. Now he who plants and he who waters are one and each one will receive his own what? Reward. Reward according to his own labor. Now, for those of you that still aren't convinced, let me give you one last scripture. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago, Hebrews 11 and 6, the last half of it. It said, God is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him him where? In heaven? When are you going to diligently seek him? You'll probably diligently seek him in heaven, but he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him when? Now. Now. Some of us go six months, eight months, 12 months, and we never crack our Bible. We don't diligently seek him not much reward. We make it to church once every once on Easter, Father's Day, Mother's Day and Christmas. Not much reward in that. It says who diligently say diligently, diligent. diligent. How many of you eat diligently? You always eat breakfast, lunch and dinner. Come on, somebody. Huh? How many of you skip food for like five days? And you go, gosh, I don't, I, you know, I just forgot about eating. How many of you forget you have a car and find yourself downtown? You go, gosh, I walked downtown again. I forgot I had a car. (laughs) Shoot. Walked all the way, seven miles from my house. I guess I'll just have to walk back. Who did that last week? Who did that in the last 10 years? Come on. Nobody. You know why? Because we're diligent about getting in the car and pushing one pedal and getting anywhere we want to go. You're diligent about that, and God's saying, I want you to be as diligent about, about pursuing me. And then, I reward according to your diligence here. Heaven is calculating a, a reward for the diligent here. You, in your diligence, are affecting heaven, or you, in your negligence, are not def- uh, affecting heaven. It's just the way it works. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So let's sum all that up. Heaven's super or heaven's spiritual provides rewards to natural deeds, whether you're being persecuted or you're sowing or you're you're planting, or you're watering, or you're being diligent about seeking Him, whatever that thing is, when you are diligent about those things, when you're moving on in those things, heaven is calculating your reward. And Jesus said, I'm coming back with the reward. I'm going to give to every man according to his deeds. I'm going to take care of this. Don't worry about the calculation of it. Heaven is calculating it right now. We think it's all a natural process. No, it's not. It's not a natural process at all. Did you know that heaven is not the only place that is being affected by what you do? In in the book of Isaiah in chapter 5, the Bible says that there was a time in Israel when Israel forgot about God. When they got so successful that they forgot about God and when they forgot about God, the rulers of Israel started thinking about drinking starting first thing in the morning and they thought and they drank all day long and then at night they had a big party. They had it says they had music come in and they turned it into a big party and they did this day after day after day after day and so they basically lived a party lifestyle. Now, if you, if you follow anything in the world right now, that's what they're after. They're after a big party all the time. And Israel got to the point where the leaders of the country were living this, this party lifestyle from, from sunup till sunset. And God had enough of it, and he said something about it. Check out what he said. Isaiah 5, 11, and 14. Where was the party happening? In heaven? It's happening on earth. And listen to what he says. Therefore, Sheol. Now, Sheol is an Old Testament term for hell. All right. Therefore, hell has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. They had to make extra room in hell. the The spiritual is being affected by what's going on here on earth. And opened its mouth and measured their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he who is jubilant shall descend into it. They said, and right. If you read this whole fifth chapter, he says. All of those who lived in that lifestyle and forgot about me, boom, that's where they're going. And hell is being affected, the supernatural is being affected by what's happening here on earth. Hell enlarged itself and opened its mouth wide. Now, if you'll read that in different versions, you know, different translations of the Bible it says its jaws, it it indicates its jaws were dislocated to be able to swallow them fast enough. Now that's hell being enlarged. By what? By what we did here on earth. You affect the supernatural every day much more than you think you do. That's how come God says, teach a child in the way they should go and when they're old they will not depart from it because it's a spiritual law, not a natural law. And when you teach a child that way, so they may drift a little one way or they may drift a little the other, but they come back to it. Why? It's a spiritual law. You're dealing with the supernatural. You're not dealing with the natural. Let's take a look at the screens. Hell has a super response to a natural party lifestyle. Big mouth. Swallow more. Enlarge that place. God never designed for it to be that enlarged. God never designed for Israel to go to hell. God made hell big enough for those who weren't in Israel. He didn't want Israel in it, and yet they were living such a lifestyle that the Israelites were going in there, and he had to enlarge it to fit them in. Now, what does that say about us? Because there's scripture in the New Testament that says, if God cut off the branch that, was, that grew out naturally, he said, don't think he won't cut off the branch that was grafted in, speaking of you guys, speaking of us. Your salvation is not an instantaneous moment. Your salvation is a lifestyle. Matthew 18 and 18 18 through 20 says this. There are three of them in here. I want you to see if you can catch them. Three ways that heaven, that spirit realm, supernaturally is affected by what we do on earth. Listen to this. Assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus talking again. Assuredly, I say to you, Assuredly means absolutely, without any doubt, this is the absolute fact. I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now there's three ways right there in those two verses, that God says, I am going to to change heaven at your request. You affect heaven. Say it with me. Say, I I affect affect heaven. Without you affecting it, nothing will happen. Now listen to me. Check this out. Heaven responds supernaturally to these three things. Let's go through them. Binding and loosing. He said, what you bind on earth or what you loose on earth is bound where? In heaven, in heaven, what you bind on earth and what you loose on earth is bound and loosed in heaven. Now, specifically in this case, he's talking about people's sins against you. Peter goes on right after this and he says, gee, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? God, that's almost impossible. And he said seven times. And Jesus says, no, 70 times, seven a day, every day. Now, here's what I'm trying to show you is this. Binding and loosing what you bind here on earth, if you bind someone's sins to them and you won't forgive them, heaven will honor that. You'll end up paying the price for it. And what you loose here on earth is loosed in heaven. The Bible says something clearly, and I want you to catch this. Now, listen to me closely. He says, is anyone sick amongst you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them lay hands on him, anoint him with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and their sins will be forgiven them. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Heaven follows your lead. That's how come some of you are still mad about what happened in 1972. Come on, somebody. You got so mad in 1972 and you won't release it because you didn't release it. It's stuck to you. You wanted it to be stuck to somebody else, but it's stuck to you. Let it go. Let it go. Second thing, asking an agreement. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Listen to what he says now. That's the first one. Second one is this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. He says, if two of you get together and and agree on something, my father will do it for you. Heaven responds to you agreeing on what you ask for. This is called the prayer of agreement. It's a powerful prayer. And we have used this prayer daily in our lives and in the church lives of this church and in the lives of previous churches we've pastored for years. We have used this prayer, and that is, let's agree on what's going to happen and let's ask God for it. And God says, I'll, I'll do whatever you, two, you guys agree on. There is power in unity. Now, anybody who's married knows this. When you guys are getting along, everything's beautiful. But when you guys aren't getting along, nothing works very well. Same thing with your kids. When you and your kids are getting along, everything's great. When you and your kids aren't getting along, it doesn't matter. You could get a million-dollar check. It just doesn't seem quite as good. Well, I don't know. I've never had a million-dollar check, so I'm not sure. But I assume. Now, check this out. So asking an agreement. He says heaven follows when you ask an agreement. The problem is, and what we have found is the problem in this, is getting people to stick with the agreement. Huh? getting people to stick with what we agree on so somebody comes in that's sick and we say we want you want to be healed we want to go to god we'll come into g- agreement and before five minutes is over that person's back saying no i'm sick i'm sick i'm not going to make it well they broke in the agreement heaven says okay you didn't really mean it you got to stick with it the third thing he says is this when two or three gather in my name where am i in the midst In the midst. He doesn't say, I'm in the midst when it's just one of you out hanging out. But when two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. And heaven is here on earth. That is why when we get together to worship and we're all celebrating Jesus, it feels different. It's because we're touching into the supernatural. That's how it's supposed to be all the time. So the facts are this. The supernatural is the supernatural, but it's God's normal. And what you do here on earth affects heaven drastically. You are affecting today the supernatural in your life. You've been listening to a message from Vineyard Community Church in downtown London, Kentucky at 220 West 5th Street. We invite you to come and join us. Our gathering times are 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. And Wednesday night, we have meal and a message night at 7 p.m. Great things are happening at Vineyard, and everyone is welcome here.